This is Volumes of Fear, presented by Crimson Knight Productions. I'm not the host, I'm just Winston. The host of Volumes of Fear is Piedmont Montgomery. How is that? Very good, Winston. Oh, thank you, sir. Hit the button, Winston. Oh, what? You're listening to Volumes of Fear, and here is your host, Piedmont Montgomery. Welcome, one and all, to Volumes of Fear. I'm your host, Piedmont Montgomery, and we are coming to you from Reading Room 2 of the Eastridge Public Library. As always, thank you for tuning in. No matter where you are, whether it's in the comforts of your own residence, an automobile, or prison, we appreciate your attention. Tonight, we shall present to you a story that has been retold many times and in many ways throughout the years... The story in this particular broadcast is based off of the story of the monkey's paw. Now let us have no further delay. Here is the story for this edition of Volumes of Fear. Three Wishes. The basis of this story has been adapted and reused many times over the years. This story is driven by an object that grants one's desires. And while these desires are met, they come at a costly price. The object at the center of our story is a monkey's paw. And no, that's not some sort of symbol. It is literally a dirty, scab-crusted, bacteria-infested, severed hand that once belonged to a member of the simian race. And this monkey's paw is what will bring the York family fortune, but also heartache. Our story begins in the York family's home. Mr. York is sitting at the dinner table as Mrs. York is bringing out the evening supper. I hope you're hungry, dear. I'm starved. Been a long day down at the cracker factory. Let's see what we have here. Ah, chicken. Again. Oh, you. You know you love chicken. It's all right. I guess I want to mind having something different every now and then. Well, chicken is good for you, and you know money is a little tight. You're right. They keep cutting my hours down at the factory. I need to be more appreciative. You made it, so I'm going to enjoy it and be grateful. Now, let me just reach in here and grab a leg. Not yet. We need to wait for Jeremiah. Oh, yeah. Where is the kid? I'm hungry. Jeremiah! A moment later, the York family's son, Jeremiah, made his way to the dinner table. In Jeremiah's hands was his faithful cat, Dilly Pickle. Sorry for the delay. I was getting Dilly Pickle here out of his sailor outfit. You were doing what? I was doing a photo shoot with Dilly Pickle for the new cat calendar I'm working on. One of the photos is going to be of Dilly Pickle wearing a sailor outfit. That is so weird. Now, dear, remember, the family therapist said we need to be supportive of Jeremiah's creative pursuits. Right. Okay, uh, dressing your cat up in a sailor outfit. You know, sounds good. Can you pass the Brussels sprouts? Father, I really need you to understand the importance of this and not be so belittling. I need your reaffirmation of my artistic pursuits. Reaffirmation? You're dressing up a cat in a sailor outfit. Dear, you need to hear him out. What? I am. But before the conversation could continue, there was a knock at the door. Who could that be? Uh, I'd better go check. Father, I need your reaffirmation. You'll get it when I get back. Let me just see who's at the door. Knowing that meeting his son's needs could be partially delayed motivated Mr. York to hurriedly answer the door. Standing in the doorway before Mr. York 
was his good friend and co-worker from the Cracker Factory, Stanley Cottonwood. Stanley, what are you doing here? I haven't seen you at work for weeks now. Lester, I... I need your help. Yeah, sure, no problem. Come in, come in. More trouble from the bookies? Who is it, Lester? It's Stanley, from work. Mr. York showed his hospitality by welcoming his friend in and quickly leading him to the dinner table. Have a seat here, Stanley. Thank you. I'm sorry if I'm interrupting. Well, sir, I was actually looking for my father to give me reaffirmation. Shut up, Jeremiah. Can't you see we have a guest? Lester? Irene, come on. No, I'm sorry. This is my fault. I just needed help with something. Yeah, sure. Whatever you need, Stanley. You want me to send the missus and the squirt away while we talk? No, you don't have to do that. I have to tell you about something. You see, an old friend of mine gave me this. Stanley pulled from his pocket a small severed furry hand. He held it up and showed the York family the monkey's paw, the item which had brought him nothing but grief. What is that? Is that beef jerky? It's a monkey's paw! The boy is right. It is a monkey's paw, and it brings nothing but grief. But why do you have it, Stanley? What's the point? And is that thing sanitary? It's probably covered in germs. Stanley began to tell the York family the story of the monkey's paw. He told them that it was given to him by an old friend, and that the monkey's paw had the power to grant three wishes to its owner. Stanley described wishing for money and how it led to his ruin. The York family sat in disbelief as Stanley finished his story. So you're telling me that this ugly little hand that was chopped off of a monkey will grant three wishes to whoever owns it? Yes, but you must understand, Lester... The wishes granted come with a price that you may not want to pay. Stanley, how can we help you? I've used this monkey's paw to acquire money. Lots of money. But it was to my detriment. Is that why you haven't been working at the Cracker Factory as of late? Yes. Well, that and I have a serious drinking problem. But now I no longer want this monkey's paw. I'm giving it to you, Lester, to throw away. Throw it away? Yes. Dispose of it. I must go now. Please. Lester, do this for me. I don't have the strength. Stanley got up and exchanged goodbyes with Mr. York. He exited the house, and the York family was left, concerned and worried for Stanley's well-being. That was interesting. Sure was. Poor guy. The booze is really doing a number on him. What do you mean, Lester? Come on, Irene. Stanley shows up here, out of nowhere and unannounced. He smells like he hasn't showered in weeks, and I haven't seen him at work in a long time. And now he's saying that he has some little gross-looking monkey hand that grants three wishes. It was quite the story, wasn't it? Mother! Father! Look! Jeremiah got the attention of his parents just in time. The monkey's paw, which was laying on the dinner table, was moving on its own. When Stanley had originally showed the York family the cursed object, it was making the shape of a fist. But now, three of its fingers were uncurling from the fist and becoming extended. What the heck is going on? It was a fist, Father, but the fingers moved and now they're extended. Relax, Jeremiah. It probably has a motor in it. Father, this could be real. Stanley's story could be real. Jeremiah, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to take this monkey's paw and I'm going to make a wish. And you'll see how ridiculous this thing is when nothing happens. Father, don't! Lester, just throw it away. Don't torment Jeremiah. No, Irene. I'm proving a point here. Monkey's paw... I wish for lots of money. After making his wish, the members of the York family looked around and saw that nothing was happening. 
See, nothing happened. Stanley's not right in the head. And this little thing, this monkey's paw, ain't nothing but a superstition. Father, look! Suddenly, Mr. Yolk saw one of the fingers on the monkey's paw curl back. Ugh, that was weird. It was because of your wish. Quit being ridiculous. This is sort of strange. Now you too? Great. The only person on my side is the stupid cat. Hey, he's got feelings. You need to apologize. Yeah, I'll apologize. Right after I throw this germ-infested butt-scratcher into the garbage. In fact, I'm gonna do that right now. Mr. York then headed for the back door and opened it. Just as he was walking outside, Jeremiah's beloved cat, Dilly Pickle, jumped out of his arms and ran out the door. Dilly Pickle! But it was too late. The cat quickly ran out the door. Jeremiah chased after Dilly Pickle, running as fast as he could. But alas, little Dilly Pickle was too quick for him. Jeremiah followed his cat through the backyard and around the side of the house. Dilly Pickle made a quick dash right into the street, just as a car came barreling down the road. Dilly Pickle! Oh no! The door to the automobile that had ended the cat's life opened and outstepped a well-dressed and distinguished-looking man. My dear boy, what in the world has happened? You ran over Dilly Pickle. You ran over my cat. Oh, goodness gracious. My, what a mess. It looks like someone put a deflated football into a pot of chili and then spiked it in a touchdown celebration. Mr. and Mrs. York quickly came running outside and saw the mess. Hey, who ran over the burrito? Wait a minute. Is that the cat? Did you hit my kid's cat? My good man, I did. I am ever so sorry. The little fella darted out in front of my auto, and I attempted the braking procedure, but alas, it was not in time. And it's nighttime, so it was hard to see. I am terribly sorry. Oh, <laughs> Dilly Pickle. Jeremiah was beside himself and ran back into the house. I'll go check on him. I am so very sorry about this. It seems as though the boy was fond of this cat. Yeah, he loved that thing. I'll tell you what. How about I write you a check to compensate you for this loss, and perhaps the boy can go and purchase a new cat. Maybe he can regain the same kinship with a new feline. Ah, well, you don't need to do that, Mr. Uh... The name is Princeton, Ezekiel Vaughn Princeton, and I insist... I am very rich and have found that money can usually buy my way out of my transgressions. Huh, just like the Kennedys. Indeed. So how much do you think it would take to clear my conscience? Uh, well, I mean, you know, he, he was pretty close to that cat, Mr. Pringles. I understand. How about I write you a check for $50,000? 50,000 tacos? Is that enough? I can go higher. No, no, I, I wasn't inferring anything. Certainly not. I'll tell you what. I'll write you a check for a larger amount than I previously mentioned, and I will leave my telephone number with you in the event that the boy's suffering continues, in which case I shall write another check for your family to compensate. Here you are, sir. Whoa, which is your phone number? <laughs> now, I must be on my way. I hope this monetary gift will ease the burden your family is suffering from right now. 
Yeah, hey, Mr. Presley, this is, uh, this is, this is great. Very well. Please contact me if there are any further issues pertaining to the lad's emotional state. Will do. Uh, thanks again. Mr. Princeton then got into his car and sped off. Mr. York pocketed the check and quickly ran to the garage. He retrieved a shovel and a small bag, and then headed back to clean up Dilly Pickle's carcass. After the mess was cleaned up and tossed by the side of the house, Mr. York went back inside to share the news of Mr. Princeton's gift to the family. Irene, look at this! What is it? That Prancer guy wrote us a check to help with our grief. Is this real, Lester? It sure is. Look at all those zeros. I've never seen that much money before. I know. Ain't it great? We can get Jeremiah a new cat and then use the rest to take a trip or something and live like kings for a long time. All of this at the expense of Dilly Pickle. It's just like Stanley said. He wished to be rich and he got it, but at a dear cost to him. Oh, now come on. Don't start that superstitious stuff. But dear, think about Jeremiah and his pain. But with this, he can buy a bunch of cats. We can even buy a new house. As Mr. York's excitement grew, Jeremiah entered the living room where his parents were talking. He was solemn and depressed. Jeremiah, how are you feeling? Not well. I am depressed. I will sit Shiva for Dilly Pickle. Shiva? Ah, forget about that kid, because the guy who ran over your cat wrote us a check to compensate for what he did. Now we're rich. Just like the wish you made. What is this? Can't you two be happy about our new fortune? It came at the cost of my best friend. No money in the world could replace that. Look, it's getting late. Why don't we call it a night? We'll get some rest and then, uh, tomorrow we can talk about everything. Maybe a good night's sleep will have eased some of the grief, you know? Yeah, maybe you're right. But before we go to bed, there's one thing I want to do. Jeremiah walked over to the dinner table, where the monkey's paw was still laying. He grabbed it and held it up. Uh, Jeremiah, what are you doing with that? I'm going to make a wish. Hey, hey, uh, maybe we shouldn't mess around with that thing anymore. Why not? You said it's just a superstition. Well, you never know. It's too late, Father. I'm rebelling against your mandate. Seriously, you talk like a weirdo. I wish that Dilly Pickle would come back to me! Jeremiah made his wish. And just as it happened when his father made his wish earlier that evening, a finger on the monkey's paw curled back, signifying that a wish had been granted. But, Jeremiah, Dilly Pickle is dead. He can't come back to you. We'll see about that. Father wished to be rich, and now look. Dilly Pickle will come back to me. I know he will. Look, kid, that cat was pretty gnarly. His entrails were all over like a Jackson Pollock painting. His eyes looked like stepped-on grapes. And his fur looked like a chewed-up Pop-Tart, but not a good flavor if you catch my drift. What was that? It sounded like a cat. Dilly Pickle! He's coming back to me! But if Jeremiah's wish does in fact come true, and that's Dilly Pickle, he may not be the same. No! It's Dilly Pickle! He's coming back to me! Listen, kid, your mother may be right about this. I'll love him no matter what. The disturbing and pathetic cries of whatever Dilly Pickle had become rang out. Mrs. York moved closer to Mr. York, who pulled Jeremiah close to him. Soon the cries were louder as Dilly Pickle, or whatever he was now, was waiting outside the front door of the family's home. He's outside. I must let him in. Jeremiah, no! 
But it was too late. Jeremiah pranced to the front door and opened it. And before him was Dilly Pickle. Only now he was transformed into something not of this world. Dilly Pickle was back, but to say he was alive would not be accurate. For you see, the wish that Jeremiah made had brought Dilly Pickle back to him in his deceased and run-over state. Jeremiah looked on in terror at the morbid creature in front of him. Dilly Pickle, you're not you anymore. You're a monster now. Jeremiah, get away from him. What do we do? I'll show you what we do. Mr. York walked over to the doorway with authority, and with one quick stomp, he quickly put Dilly Pickle out of his misery. Father, you've killed him. No, Jeremiah. I didn't kill Dilly Pickle. He was already dead. Whatever that thing was, was not your cat. But father... Listen to him, Jeremiah. Your father is telling the truth. That thing was a monstrosity. It wasn't Dilly Pickle. I'm sorry for what happened to your cat. I truly am. Had I known what that wish would have done, I never would have wished it. Not at the expense of your happiness. I'm sorry, Jeremiah. This was all my fault. Oh, father, I understand. And I grant you forgiveness and reinvest love into you. Ah, more of that weirdo talk. That don't matter. Come here, kid. Give your old man a squeeze. Jeremiah embraced his father, and the two bonded on a deeper level. All seemed well with the York family. I'm so happy that the two of you have connected. The family therapist is going to be so happy to hear this. Now it's late. We should get to bed. Yeah, you're right, Irene. In spite of everything, I feel like I've connected with my 37-year-old, Velcro-shoe-wearing, unemployed son who lives in my basement and just takes photos of cats. Not a bad day, huh? Not a bad day at all, but I think I have one more thing to do before bed. Jeremiah quickly grabbed the monkey's paw. Hey, what do you think you're doing? Jeremiah, put that down. One last wish from this stupid thing. I wish... That the man who ran over my cat bursts into flames and dies in agonizing death right now. Oh, well, hey, not bad, kid. Not bad. And with that last wish, the remaining finger curled back into the monkey's paw. Friends and listeners, I hope you took away a valuable lesson from the story you just heard. In the event that someone ever gives you the severed hand of a monkey and says it grants wishes, always make sure to safeguard your wishes and make sure they cannot come back to bite you, just as Dilly Pickle would have done had he not been stomped on. What did you think of the story, Winston? It really got me thinking. Oh, really? What about? What I would wish for. And what would that be? More self-confidence a strong 401k, and uh, a bag of Skittles. Winston, I'm not even sure what to say, but I think I can help you with at least one of those wishes. The 401k? I was thinking more of the bag of Skittles. Ah, well, I'll take what I can get. Ah, good lad. Well, that about does it for this edition of Volumes of Fear. A big thank you goes out to our listeners for joining us, as well as our presenter, Crimson Knight Productions. Like us on Facebook if you haven't already, and please don't be afraid to share the scare on any and all social media outlets that you use. On behalf of myself and Winston, thank you for listening. Till next time, listeners. This episode of Volumes of Fear 
featured the acting talents of Christopher Speedus, Rachel Collins, Andy Collins, and J.C. Rositas. It was produced by Andy Collins and J.C. Rositas from a script by Andy Collins. Sound mixing and engineering was done by J.C. Rositas with artwork by Derek DeBoer. Musical tracks by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com were used as part of this episode's score. This episode of Volumes of Fear was presented by Crimson Knight Productions. Visit them online at cnproductions.net. Follow Volumes of Fear on Facebook or suffer the consequences.